We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports coaching. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Dell DJ Layden. DJ is a former top NBA 2K competitive prospect turned professional NBA 2K league coach. He's entering his third season as a head coach of Kingsguard Gaming, which is a Sacramento Kings NBA 2K league franchise. In this role, Coach Layden handles all of the team scouting, player personnel decisions, and coaching. He's also the head coach for the high school varsity basketball team, Faith West Academy in Houston, Texas, and has previously coached in numerous AAU youth basketball circuits. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Justin. How's it going, man? Good, good. I'm glad you could join us and talk a little about esports coaching. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit. Uh, how how things going? Thanks for having me good. on the show, by the way. Good, man. Good. You know, it's Friday and we're pushing forward into this you know, the, I guess quarter four of the year, and we're going to explore the 2K League. So, you know, the NBA 2K League was a franchise league formed by Take-Two, which is the game developer in the NBA. It just finished its third season. It started with 17 teams and has expanded since, including bringing in esports organization Gen-G to operate a Shanghai team. The competition is a live 5v5 pro-am mode with each of the players housed in market, they receive about $35,000 salary plus prizes and other health insurance. And while there's no official NBA 2K minor league or amateur talent system, many unaffiliated independent competitive or comp leagues have been organized and operated by third parties. Two of the most prominent ones are the WR League and the MBPA. These leagues award prizes, compile stats, and present awards. Also recently, there's been a very big international growth in the competitive 2K world, including Team USA holding tryouts for the upcoming FIBA World Championships. So now we know a bit about the NBA 2K scene. Tell us a bit about your previous esports and sports experience. Uh, yeah, um, esports-wise, um, honestly, this is my first kind of jab at it. Um, going into my now third season um, in Sacramento, 
Um, I've had no prior esports, at least being in the actual business. Um, obviously, I played I've played two K since forever, but um, this is my first kind of jab at being in the, the business side of it, um, being a head coach for the team, and uh, I love it, man. Um, you could say I, I'm a video game nerd. I'm a competitive guy. Anything to do with sports and and video games and real life basketball, um, I'm a nerd for that stuff. So. Uh, when I had opportunity to uh, join Sacramento, it was a no-brainer for me, and um, it's been great ever since. So did you play sports um, during high school, or what's your past experience? Uh, yeah, yeah. Growing up, man, it was always basketball for me. I, I, I dabbled in other ones, but uh, basketball was always the one that kind of you know made me want to be really good at it or be the best I could be. Um, growing up, I played, uh, I played in high school, played two years of junior college on scholarship, um, in college. Um, and then from there, after I kind of hung it up, um, per se, uh, I really just went after coaching cause I love the game so much. And, um, when I knew I wasn't going to play at the highest level anymore, I just, you know, really wanted to dedicate myself to, to being the best coach I could be. I felt like I knew the game at a high level and I could use what I knew and how I felt and how I kind of had a feel for the game, and put that with the youth. Um, kind of getting younger guys better at the game, letting them know what I know. Um, and that's kind of been my my go-to, my passion ever since. Um, really, like, the last, say, about six years, um, it's been nonstop coaching for me in the summer, in the fall, um, really six years straight of coaching. And it's kind of the reason why where I'm at right now in, in the esports scene as well, being technically at the highest level of coaching that you can get as far as esports, you know, um, especially in the 2K league, I'm at the highest level. So I think those six years of just dedicating to coaching has really got me to where uh, I want to be, but there's still more for me, I think. Absolutely. So what about the gaming side? Have you been a lifelong gamer or, you know, what's that? Yeah, about? yeah no, I definitely, I've been playing, I've been playing video games for forever, man. We always had it in the house growing up. Um, me and my sister would play, um, I would play with just friends that, you know, lived on the same street as me. Um, really just just nonstop. And I, I used to play shooting games and, and 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 Mario and all those things. But when I got a little bit older, I just strictly just sport games because I was just always had that competitive side and always wanted to, you know, growing up playing sports that just kind of always stuck with me. So uh, 2K, um, I think. The first one, I don't remember what year it was, but it was on the Dreamcast. I remember that. I used to play on Dreamcast. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, man, just every new game came out. I always, I always had it the first night it came out. Um, still to this day, first night it comes out, I make sure I have it pre-ordered. I load it up on, on the first night, play it for a couple of hours. Uh, it's just something I love to do and very passionate about. So, Well, yeah, it really definitely sounds like my story. I've Definitely a big sports gaming guy. And for the last couple of years, definitely on that pre-order grind. How did you get involved in the Comp 2K scene? Yeah, um, so that's a that's a story because I actually had no idea it existed. And hearing like guys like Dimes and Fab and all these guys have played together, they, they've been saying they've played together since like early 2Ks. And I had no idea any of that existed. Uh, I, I low key, if I knew that, I feel like I would be a, <laughs> I, would, I feel like I would be an NBA 2K league player instead of a coach, because uh, I had no idea that stuff existed until around 2K17. Um, but I, I started really playing competitively and like always tried to be like top of the leaderboards and even dabbled in like websites like Gamer Saloon and and things like that, just playing for money, just anything to keep it competitive as possible. Um, but around 2K8 was like the first year. Um, I think I was a, I like around sophomore or junior in high school, something like that. Um, and literally my days just consisted of school, practice, and then I'd come home and play the game. <laughs> and every now and then hang out with friends and do things like that. But school, practice, and and play 2K. That that kept me out of trouble and it kept my head on straight and it made sure I didn't get involved in anything I didn't need to. Um but yeah, around 2K8 started playing competitively. Um 
when crew mode came around in 2K10, 11, I forget what year it was exactly. Um, that really like really sparked my interest as far as like being able to play with a friend. Cause before that it was always like just one-on-one type stuff. Right. Um, but around 2K11, 2K10, you could build a team actually. So, you know, I'm playing with my close friends. We're competing at the highest level, playing other people, fighting for like leaderboard positions, leaderboard spots um, to keep it kind of, you know, competitive. And like, you have something to play for now. Um, and that's what really sparked my interest leading up to 2K16, uh, where they had the uh, road to the finals tournament for 250,000. Um, I was and at that time, I was kind of just playing with close friends um, and guys that I knew a little bit. Um, so we weren't like the most competitive, but I mean, you can ask guys around the 2K league. They know who I am, like Radiant, Be Smooth were, were the main two guys who it was them too. Even guys that aren't in the 2K league that were very competitive. Guys like Poppy Jerm, you might've heard of him. Uh, those, those are some of the guys that we played in WR in 2K16 and I was I was head to head with Radiant every every night and be smooth guys like that. We would go at it every single night when we would play in playoffs and regular season games. Um, so that was like I didn't know there was community. I just knew of WR. That was the only thing. And then it it just grew and grew from there. Two K seventeen, eighteen, nineteen to where we are now, where you could you could join twenty leagues at a time if you wanted to. You have so many opportunities to to make a little money. Uh, to just play against the best of the best. And it's really grown. It's crazy how much it's grown since the early 2K days, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely very interesting to see how it's evolved. And as you mentioned, some of these players that have been playing together for, you know, five, six, seven years and consistently fighting for leaderboards and gamer battles and all of these kind of tournament platforms that house these events. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy how much it's grown and, it's really awesome to see you kind of feel like you've been there from the beginning you know like even wr the funniest thing i think it was 2k 16 they had a rule i think it was a rule like they were really wanted to be a sim simulation like a, a normal nba game right um without a lot of cheats and and like cheese that you could do in the 2k scene mm-hmm. um, they banned speed boosting <laughs> in 2k16 like you weren't allowed to like do certain dribble moves and and do things like that and it's crazy how it's just so funny to me how it went from like starting there to now you know pretty much anything goes um and guys are have evolved like crazy as well as far as like radiant like he's so much better than what he was back in the day um it's just crazy to see these guys evolve into the players they are now and now radiant's looked at as one of the best point guards if not the best Um, in the world, which is crazy. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So what was it like transitioning from, you know, the competitive gaming side to coaching pro gamers? Um, yeah, it, you know, it was a, it felt like an easy transition for me. Um, I think my biggest kind of, I think the biggest thing for me is I can kind of relate to them, right? Um, so I know what they go through on a day to day. Um, I know the stresses involved in the game, um, kind of the ins and outs of it. Um, so I feel like the transition from playing to to coaching these guys, it, it, it made it easier for me. I'm not just like a guy just coming in from, um, let's just say, like coaching real-life basketball. Um, I think the transition would have been a little bit harder if I had no 2K experience. I feel like I have an advantage there because um, I know how the game plays. I know what the players go through. Uh, so that transition is pretty pretty easy for me. Um, at least I felt like it was easy. Um, and my players seem to relate to me. I can relate to them. I think that's what gives me personally an advantage as far as the coaching scene, just because I know um, what they go through on a day-to-day. Sure. It's like, you know, you were competing against them a few years ago at this highest level, and you understand the stress of being in these tournaments and these comp games and the pride of not just the money factor, but the pride of winning and playing your best game and, you know, what goes into mastering your craft. Right, exactly. So yeah, discuss what's it like to be a two K head coach. What's the day to day like? What's practice like? Oh man, um, it's great. It's great, especially you know, being involved with the NBA team and a guy like myself who just is a basketball nerd, um, getting a chance to work for an NBA team and be involved in the gaming side, which is something else I love. It's like perfect dream job, dream job for someone like me. Um, but the day to day, pretty much, um, you know, I set up the schedule for practices. So, you know, I'll take the weekend or whatever day to try to set up the full week of practice. Um, we'll start our morning. I'll send out the schedule to the team. Um, our, we actually live in an apartment complex. Um, I have my own apartment and the players are, our roommates. They have two to each So three apartments, two players in each apartment. Um, and our apartment complex is about five to ten minutes from the Golden One Center where the Kings actually play their, their regular season games. Um, so we'll take a quick Uber if it's raining, but most of the guys will walk or get a, like a scooter, uh, one of those Uber scooters, whatever. I forget what they're called, but <laughs> we'll take a bike or a scooter or something and just go down to the arena. Um, we'll start our day at practice. We usually start around 9 to anywhere from 9 to 11. And we get about six hours of practicing of good, good scrimmages against other teams in the league. Um, our days pretty much consist of that. And then in between either in between series um, or after series, um, we depending on the situation, if it's a game day or if we have a game day coming up or if it's a bye week, whatever the situation is, we'll do different things. Um, we'll watch film. Uh, We'll sometimes just have a team meeting and just sit and talk about whatever issues we have going on. If there's a problem with players or if there's a problem that we're seeing on the court, um, I'm really big on letting guys speak their minds. I, I don't like anybody to hold in anything. Um, I think it's better for the team and better for the players if we can just kind of let it all out. So sometimes we'll just have team meetings if there's any animosity. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, that's how almost every day goes we have about six to eight hours of practice depending on schedules and who i can schedule and how many you know how many teams i can get because you look at you look at guys you're like oh i can play the game all day right but when you're actually like really grinding and setting up um setting up scrims like you start to get drained after that third <laughs> that third series. It, it gets really tough mentally because you have to be at your best, right? Uh-huh. You're not sitting around and just playing for fun. Like we're having fun, of course, but you know we're playing for 
we got a $1.2 million prize pool. So every series, every game, every practice game is we're working on something. We're trying to be our, at our best. Um, it can get a little overwhelming mentally. Uh, so another, you know, another addition to the day, uh, if we have an off, like an off period, we'll go eat lunch. We'll go to the gym, try to do things as a team. Um, some of the guys, you know, they enjoy, we have, a, we have everything close to us in Sacramento. We have a lot of food places next to us. We have a 24 hour fitness right by where we practice. So a lot of guys, you know, clear their mind, go, go play some ball, go work out. Um, anything to keep them kind of fresh and on top of their game because these days can get long. And some days we, we're eat, especially when the game first comes out, we're in the practice room for about eight to 10 hours. Once we kind of get a flow, it goes down a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a grind, man. Absolutely. So tell us a little about these scrims. I'm just thinking about if you're playing these other teams, like how competitive do they really get? Are you actually doing the plays you want to do and running the lineups? Like yeah. how much of it is gamesmanship and how much of it is like, okay, like we need to actually work on something. So it's okay if they see us doing it. Yeah. So that's the tricky part, right? Because obviously you're not going to be scrimming anybody that you're playing coming up. Um, so I usually just have like a, a rule where I won't scrim anybody that we play like within a month. Um, Cause the NBA 2K the 2K league, it's, it kind of evolves throughout the season. Different metas come about, different lineups come about. Um, so anything can change within a month. So I try to stay away from teams that we play close. Um, but yeah, the scrims, I mean, it's tricky because, you know, you don't want to show too much, but you also have, like you have no choice. Um, mm-hmm you have no choice but to work on the things that you want to work on. So if it, whether it's a play that we want to run, um, knowing that other team could be recording, probably is recording and saving it. So when we do play eventually, um, they, they can tell their team, Hey, look out for this. Like that's part of the game. Right. Um, and we do it as well. If teams run things against us, let's believe we're saving it. We're putting it in our files. And when it's time to watch film on that team, we'll bring it up. Um, usually guys don't really, other teams don't really run the plays. They, they practice so much, but we have it there just in case. Um, but yeah, they, they are competitive. Like nine times out of 10, they're competitive. There's obviously you have your games where, you know, you're beating somebody really bad and they might quit early or start (laughs) flopping and raging. And you could tell people are arguing. Um, but that's just part of it. You know, sometimes Sometimes, you know, it's a little unprofessional. And, uh, you know, I always make sure to tell my guys, like, let's try to finish every game. Sometimes, you know, if you're down 40 with, like, five minutes left, it's kind of a mutual <laughs> understanding on both sides where, okay, we we're, we understand if you want to quit out and we don't really stress on it too much. But sometimes, you know, you got guys quitting out early or situations where guys quitting out when they're cold <laughs> or struggling. Wow, that's um, tough. It's like you're a pro. You got to fight to the end. Right. And, and it doesn't happen often, but, you know, there's little there's little times where and even my guys, they get frustrated and want to quit. And, you know, you just kind of tell them, like, just play through it. Do your best to play through it. Keep fighting through. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, the scrims, man, it, it's a little strategy in them within, the you know, the scrimmage time. Like, it's supposed to be practice, but there is some – there is some kind of strategy behind it. You don't want to show too much. Or maybe you just take a day where you're like, okay, this series, we're just going to try. We're just going to try things, whether it's plays or lineups or whatever it is. Um, and then there's some series where like, all right, we really got to tighten up. We got to get ready for the game. So we're going to run our normal lineup. We're going to run our, our game time lineup. Uh, we're going to run the plays that we want to run. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And uh, so it, it varies depending on who we play, when we play. Um, but, yeah, um, there is a little strategies, like we, like you were saying, with within those scrims. Sure. So what about player trades? I know that the league is about to be entering the next draft period and the trade window. So what's that like? Um, it's always a, That's always a fun time in the 2K League. <laughs> Um, trade deadline talk, trade window talk, always a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. 
um, within the community from players um, and and fans i feel like how does it work though like is it like you guys message each other or that you know like how do these conversations happen yeah so i mean from the gm's perspective the coach's perspective we'll reach out to each other um a lot of times um teams gms or managers will just kind of be like hey here's my and we have a chat with everybody right um like a discord so Mm -hmm. Somebody will leave a message. Hey, here's my number. If you have any interest in any of my players or picks uh, or whatever, trade block. <laughs> yeah, just reach out to me. Um, so that's just kind of how dialogue starts, and it's also, you know, I think it's normal to kind of reach out to the guys you have good relationships with as well. Um, just for example, I've, I've known Jeff from the Sixers um, since our since our WR in 2K16, he was one of the guys we, I would play against as well. Um, me and him kind of have a similar story. We've been playing the game forever. We we have college basketball experience. We've coached at the high school level, and now we're in the 2K league. So that's kind of one of the guys I relate to a little bit. And if we're talking trades, he's he's usually a guy I'll hit up, or same thing, he'll hit me up just to see if we have anything that you know that we might you know see if he has anything I'm interested in and vice versa. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just dialogue, the relationships, building relationships, seeing, you know, if, if it's, if a guy has somebody you want, you, you hit them up and you see if there's a, a chance to get them, see what you can do for them. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of how it goes on that side. Absolutely. So I know we were kind of talking about, you know, the real in life in real life basketball. So what are some similarities between coaching, you know, basketball and 2K basketball? Uh, Yeah, that was the one thing I was not worried about, but that was the one thing I was like, OK, uh, what can I bring from a coach's standpoint, from a real life perspective? Um, working with kids from junior high, even younger, actually. Um, I've done some summer camps with with kindergartners. (laughs) Uh, But from a competitive junior high to high school to even training with college and some NBA guys, what can I bring individually that can help 2K gamers, 2K players, you know, what, 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 can, what, what, what do I have to offer coming from that side to the 2K side? And when I sat there and thought about it, I knew going in, it wasn't necessarily going to be an X's and O's perspective. Cause I mean, even though it's possible, it's just not realistic to where a team is going to run plays like the NBA every time down on the floor. You know, this 2K game is, is based on a five out setting or a pick and roll. Uh, setting so I know coming in I'm like okay the playbook that I have I'm gonna show my guys and maybe we can take some things out of it um something some things work on 2k some things don't you have no control over that it's the way the game is so I knew it wasn't gonna be a heavy exit and those like I knew that wasn't gonna be something that I'm bringing to them so for me it was really just like we mentioned before me having gaming experience I felt like that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, so I can relate to these guys. And I know what they go through, like you mentioned, uh, playing playing for money, playing in the biggest tournaments, playing every day, grinding, uh, getting your player up, grinding your player, uh, playing against the best of the best every night. So I, I understood that side of it. And then, you know, just I think the main thing is really just, you know, being able to talk to people, being able to, kind of relating to players um, in real life basketball and not like my biggest thing is just building a respect, building, building a relationship. Um, and my advantage is I've had experience doing that for years. And you look around the league and not a lot of, maybe not a lot of coaches have had that, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of the biggest thing for me is just building that relationship with players from, from a real life coaching standpoint, but also on the side of the gamers, like I've been there as well before. So. Absolutely. So what are some differences that you've noticed when you're trying to, you know, coach a more traditional basketball player versus some of the 2K pros? Um, 
think the the biggest difference is like, well, there's a there's actually like you know there's a decent amount of similarities as far as like how the games go, but because um, there's there's a lot of highs and lows, there's a lot of momentum uh, changes and and things like that. Um, but as far as like the differences, because there's a lot of similarities, and I feel like there's way more similarities than there are differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main ones really is just like. I kind of almost have no control over the game in a sense, right? Um, I feel like in a high school coaching game, I can control it way more than I can control the 2K League. And also, these guys are pros, right? They don't need me as much as my high school team. My high school team, I'm dealing with guys from 15 to 18 years old. Um, Some that can't even drive yet, right? So, like... I have to approach that game way differently and almost kind of help guide and help help these guys walk in a, in a sense to where, you know, I'm calling timeouts. I'm calling plays out for them every time down. Um, I'm giving advice and, and talking to them every single play down where you look at the 2K League side, these guys are pros, right? They know what they're doing. They're at the highest level. And I'm not there to babysit them. I'm not there to control their game. Um, for example, Bash, me and him had a lot of discussions on, okay, how much am I going to let you do your thing? And how much are you going to listen to me as far as what I want as well? And we we got to a point to where we had a really good balance of, all right, Bash, I'm going to let you do you. I'm going to let you, you know, run your pick and roll, do what you need to do, call your cuts. I'm not, I'm not going to be in your ear. But there's also times where I was like, okay, look, we need to do this. We need to get seam the ball more. We need to let him run the offense more. Um, so that I think that's the biggest difference is my control over the game. A lot of it is just kind of letting these guys work and just giving a little bit here and there, depending on the situation. And then also, you know, from from the real life side, I'm I'm involved in it every single play down. I lose my voice every game, <laughs> yelling out things across the court. Um, you know, calling out players, telling them what they need to do. Um, it almost feels like I'm playing sometimes. It, <laughs> like I'm literally calling out, you know, for my high school guys, trying to help them as much as possible. So that's the biggest difference for sure. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about kind of the scouting of the 2K players. I know you're very involved in the whole draft process and the evaluation for players. So what are some categories that are really important to you that really – when you're looking at a player, like, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, we're actually, you know, in the midst of it right now with league tournaments going on um, and guys fighting for their draft spots. And the biggest thing for me, honestly, when I'm looking at a player, a, a lot of these guys can play at the highest level, right? A lot of these guys are really good. Um, but what separates you? Like, that's one thing I always look for in a player. Like, how do you separate yourself from the rest of the guys? And it's not easy at all. It's one of the hardest things to do because I'm I'm watching these games and everybody looks the same. You know, everybody's doing the same thing on the game. Like a lot of these guys are just, they're all good players. And a lot of them have potential to make the league from a player standpoint. But what are you bringing to the table that the guy next to you is is, is not doing? Like what's the difference here? So when I look at it, you know, I'm 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 trying to see like how you are as a teammate. I'm trying to see how do you do you effectively communicate with your team or are you just out there? Cuz that was the difference with Crush. We took a lock at pick number 3 with a crazy crazy probably the best point guard draft of all time where so many rookie PGs came in and had crazy numbers this year. Some of it is part of how the game played, but you look at that PG pool, Sav, Reg, um, Glenn, Kai, JBM, Duck. There's so many guys that Expose came in. Expose them. Expose them. Um, Snubby, like two guys on the, on the Hornets. It's crazy, right? So many guys that came in and played well, and I know I'm missing probably at least five more. Um, and we went with a lock. People thought 
Like, what are they doing? They don't, we don't even have a point guard, and you need a point guard to be successful in this league. But I look at Crush killing it at lock, and maybe even skill wise, you could see, okay, there were some other locks doing the same thing as him, right? But he separated himself, he promoted himself. We knew what we were going to get out of him. We knew we were going to get a first and first and foremost, we we're going to get one of the best people in the draft. Not gamers, the best person. He comes to work every day. He communicates every single possession. Um, he handles himself professionally. Like all the things that we look for building a franchise up and building a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a culture, right? Because mm-hmm. we've had to build, I pretty much feel like I've had to build a new culture after season one where it didn't work out for them. They had to kind of scrap everything they built in a sense. And we had to rebuild season two and the challenge from season two on and the talks that I've had with my GM and everybody involved is like, we have to build a new culture and it starts with the players you bring in 100%. So um, culture guys, guys, you know, that can effectively communicate, can not get too high, not get too low, even kill at all times. Um, those are the things that separate. You know, obviously, you need a guy to be good at the game. I'm not gonna draft a. I'm not just gonna draft you because you're a good person. Like you got to sure. be good at the game as well, right? Like you mm-hmm. just have to be. Um, especially with so much money on the line, and not there's only 23 teams, right? That's not a huge number. It's a good number, but it's not huge. So you have to get the best of the best. Um, but also, like you know personality and, and those things that they really matter. And, and that's just my perspective. Some coaches might not agree, um, but I think, you know, you bring in good people, you get good results. So that's the main thing I really look for. And, then, and we have a group of veteran guys now. We have Mamos who's been in the league four years now. Yusuf been in the league four years. And Crush has already kind of established himself. So we already have three good team guys, and we know um, what we need to kind of put around them. Absolutely. So it seems like it's less about the on-court play and more about these intangibles, you know, how you are as a leader and a communicator. Are you marketable? I know everyone throws this word around, but it's the concept of like, can we put you in front of a camera and you can speak and it's not like, wow. It's not like, what is this kid saying? Because I think something I noticed as a professional coming from the entertainment and sports world into the esports and gaming sphere, some of these players and a lot of them they just really don't have that personality, that showmanship, that extra level of entertainer value that an entertainment product needs. And I think that what you're mentioning is you want people that are not just good at the game because that's a given, but you're also looking for these other unique aspects. What makes them more valuable than just their encore performance? Right. And that's, that's the goal, right? To get a guy that can do both. And you're not always going to get that. You know, it, there's not a lot of guys that, that can provide both. There's just not. Um, not in this industry, in my opinion, right now where we're at, I, I haven't seen it a lot. Um, we're lucky enough this year to where we have two guys that, you know, and Mama and, and Crush who have really worked on building a brand, um, building a personal brand, you know, doing the YouTube Mama is obviously at another level. You sign an endorsement deal. He's doing his thing. Um, Crush is just now getting his feet wet, but his his YouTube and his Twitch um, has blown up in, in literally just a couple months just from him making the league on. So imagine if these guys keep doing it, you know, and they're both young, both young guys. So, like, that's, you know, you look for that a little bit. Uh, we And and I know personally, I'm not, I know I'm not always going to get both, and that's perfectly fine. Sometimes I might just get a guy – um, we might just need a guy who is just a great player. Um, but perfect world, perfect situation, finding a guy that you know can play the game at a high level, but also great teammate, great dude, knows how to build a brand, is marketable. Um, best of both worlds for for because you're not just representing yourself, right? You're you're now representing an NBA organization, <laughs> and they see those things. Trust me, they notice those things. Um, we have a lot of people involved in the in the in the organization that is watching what we're doing, watching what you're tweeting, watching how you act in team events. Um, this year in COVID, we didn't really get to do much, um, but the year previous, we 
went on um, team trips where, you know, we're doing things for sponsors and working with um, community groups and having to talk in front of people. And, you know, it helps when you know what you're doing and you, and you kind of, you know, know how to talk and know how to market yourself and things like that. It, it does help in the long run. So. Absolutely. It makes us easier as a Sacramento Kings to put you in front of a community center, you know, a press or, you know, NBC that's covering you and not exactly. worry. Um, so when looking at a player, do you kind of value more of utility, being able to be more versatile and I can play a lot of positions great? Or do you look for someone who's more, I'm amazing at my one position where like I can shoot and I can shoot. I may not be able to, you know, play defense or, you know, play the wing as well, but what I do, I do at, you know, the top level you can. Right. Um, I'm actually, you know, I think I notice a lot of people in the league look for the guys that are versatile, which don't get me wrong. It's great. It definitely is great. Um, but my mindset has always been since I, since I came in and just been watching games, like I want specialists. Um, and I might be giving the sauce out a little bit. but So let's shift a little bit to kind of the whole draft process. So what's draft day like? I can imagine it's kind of like a fantasy football draft. <laughs> draft day is uh, super exciting, man. Like, honestly, um, in my two years, there's a probably, probably like from the uh, from like a, the outside of the game, that's probably the best, the best time. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, being able to, you know, we had the, in our war room, we have all of our, all of our information up. We got the draft plan. Um, it's always a great day, fun day. Uh, a little stressful as well because you always, you know, you always want to, you always want to get your guys that you've been scouting and working and interviewing. Um, and sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but draft day is always a good time. Um, it's such a great feeling when when you can. When, when it comes to your pick and your guy's still on the board and you can get exactly who you want. Um, but draft day is great, man. Um, the process that goes into it, the scouting, the interviews, um, everything leading up to it. Um, great experience for, for everyone involved. I'm, I'm sure the players too, like they get to interview with, you know, however many interviews they get, but they get to interview with NBA teams. They get to kind of, if it's in person this year or, they get to, you know, walk up stage and wear the hat and have that feeling of a, you know, a real NBA draft. Um, it's just, it's just, it's awesome for the 2K League, how they set it up and how they do it. Uh, I think it's a real plus. I think it's, you know, from the outside looking in, if I, would, if I saw that on TV or on Twitch or whatever, I'm definitely going to be intrigued by the league and what they have to offer, so. Absolutely. I mean, I was in season two. I was live at the Barclays Center to really watch all of it unfold. And it was amazing. You got it was like the real NBA draft or any other league draft where they call them up to the stage and they get off, they get their hat and they get interviewed by, you know, the reporter. And it's as close to that as it's ever going to be. Yeah. Like especially season one. I mean, you had Adam Silver come up and and announce the first pick like. Stuff like that is crazy to see, you know. So what's it like kind of playing against a player that you had scouted and then didn't get to draft? Do you feel like you have an edge on them or, you know, how do you feel about those situations? Um, you're talking about guys that. Um, yeah, that like you maybe you scout and then maybe you didn't end up getting them and now they're on another team. Okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that happens. It happens a lot, actually. Um you got guys that you scout for months, right? And uh, you you think you might have a chance at them or you might not, depending on the situation. Um, and you build a relationship through interviews and talking to them and just be like, hey, man, we're, you know, we're interested. We'll see what happens when draft day comes, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, sometimes it works out in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. For example, um, in my first year in Sacramento, um, I was really high on, on Yusuf. And... I personally thought there was no shot that we get him. Um, you know, I, he was a guy that I scouted a lot. I liked um, that he was actually showing versatility because uh, at the time, all we had was Colt on the roster and we knew we needed a little bit of versatility. Um, 
you know, with with having the third pick, we knew we were gonna get a point guard there. So it was our our main focus was really like those late picks. And Yusuf was a guy who was playing center, playing power forward, playing like an off ball lock, and even a little bit of on ball lock. So we knew uh, that he could, you know, we could move him around, and until we found something that fit him perfectly. Um, I thought there was no chance. I, I really thought there was no chance to get him. But when our pick came around in the third. He was still available, still, sorry, still available. Um, it was a no-brainer for me. I, I I needed no time to talk about it. I told our GM, Ian, I said, put the call in. That's our guy. Uh, we had Colt in there as well, just talking with us and helping us out. And he liked it. And, uh, you know, that actually, I feel like he's been a huge piece for our team these last couple of years. Um, and you've seen it by the, the even the individual accolades he's brought in. You know, second team, first team all defense, second team all NBA. Um, he's been a huge, huge pickup, and we got him in the third round. <laughs> so draft day is crazy. You might be able to, you might get guys in the first round that flop on you, and you might get guys in the third and fourth round that become, you know, real staples for your team and uh, big pieces for the foundation you're trying to build. So. Draft day is really unexpected. You don't really know how it's gonna go. You don't. There's always rumors, and you always have an idea. Uh, by the end of the day, it's kind of that's what makes it so fun, right? Because it's the unexpected. Um, biggest Absolutely. example was, was Kai going to Gen G. There was rumors. <laughs> there was rumors that he didn't want to be there, and he wouldn't play if he went there. And then he gets drafted there, and he has a great year. You know, he, he still might, not might not be there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he still, he might not be there, still might not want to be there, but a team, he, the team didn't care. They took a chance and, you know, it kind of, you could say it benefited both of them. So what do you think about that? Like, I know that this is kind of a concept, especially on Twitter of players rejecting interviews or making it known that they don't want to play for someone, a certain team or a coach or a player. <laughs> like, like, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little torn um, because me being a college basketball player, but also a guy that, you know, played 2K, I think it just comes down to, you know, perspective, right? Like, for me, I would think that nobody would want to burn bridges or, you know, do anything like that because it could come back to hurt you in the long run, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. there's also some guys who have the mindset of I want to control where my destiny and I want to make sure I'm in the spot that I want to be at. And I respect that as well, honestly. Um, I mean, NFL example, Eli Manning, right? <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why I always don't like him, because I think that it's like you're not above the game where you can be. Like, I don't want to play somewhere. And, and if you draft me, I'm not going to play like to me, yeah. that's almost like spitting on everyone else who's striving to reach that. Uh, yeah, and it, it is. There's no sugarcoat. It, it, that is, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, but also, just from a player's side, and the way things are these days, where you look at the players and they want more control, and you can't really, like, can't argue that so much because you understand they want to do what's best for them and their families. and. They want to be in the best situation possible, and sometimes it works. It works out for them, and sometimes it bites them in the butt. You know, like yeah. I mean, Lord of No Rings has no rings, and Eli has <laughs> two. So clearly, his decision worked out. Right. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and you're almost gambling on yourself a little bit, right? The guys. I feel like the the players and the guys who make those decisions they they're taking a chance on themselves. They're saying, well, if I'm in this position, I'm gonna kill it. I'm going to do well. I'm going to win and things will be in your favor. But if things go opposite, now you're screwed. Cause listen, say you, okay, I didn't take the Kings interview. You think they're going to want to pick you up now? Absolutely not. Like, and you can't say nice things about you to other teams. Yeah. And like, I can't put in a word for you either. Like you denied my interview. So now like say you wanted to go to the blazers or something and say i have a good connection with the blazers like i I couldn't help you out there i couldn't reach out to cameron and be like hey man this guy you know had a great interview he's a great kid you denied my interview you didn't want to play like this and that 
I can't help you there. So at the same time of you're controlling your own destiny, which I'm cool for, you also just got to know in the process, you may or may not, you know, burn some bridges or hurt yourself and hurt some connections that you could have made. I think there's a, I think there's a professional way to do it. I think you take the interview, but you kind of just be straight up with them and be like, Hey man, like, this is not my, <laughs> this is not the best place for me in my opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if it comes down to it, I'll gladly, you know, play for you and do this and that. I think there's different ways to go about it. Um, but that goes down, goes down to just professionalism and experience. And some players in this league don't have, don't have either. And some, some do, some have worked jobs, some have, you know, played sports for a very long time. Those things matter in this situation a little bit. So. Absolutely. I mean, when I was looking at the situation, I started to hear about it. You know, I'm from the school of every conversation is a chance. It's, you know, you want to have as many conversations and yeah, maybe take the interview and you maybe make them like not that open. You're not giving that responsive. You kind of want to know you don't want to be there, but you don't totally disrespect them. You don't make it feel like you're better than them. And yeah. it's all about honesty. And I think at the end of the day, team doesn't want to play. that doesn't want to be there either. So if you're doing an interview and it's like a blah interview because you don't want to be there, you took the time, you you know, answered what you want, but you weren't super enthusiastic. You weren't like, oh, I'd love to come there and I can't wait to be in Sacramento and play with these guys. And, <laughs> you know, I always looked up to the way you coach things. And you can tell the enthusiasm from someone who wants to be something and someone who doesn't. And I think at the end of the day, you know, what you alluded to, it's really about being a professional. Like, does it really hurt you to take that interview and to keep that door open? Because who knows what's going to happen? I mean, two years ago, did I ever envision Mama being traded anywhere from the Blazers? Not a chance. <laughs> right. But, you know, fast forward two years later after MVP season and then a remote season, he's in Sacramento. So right. I think that the unpredictability of, you know, sports in general and even more so of this league where you don't have salary cap implications and, Trading is a bit more flexible than it might be in traditional sports. You have no idea where you're going to end up next or, you know, a team goes a different way because these two players want to be with each other and they don't want you or, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I think there's gonna be someone better than him in the draft pool and he's our friend. So it's, there's a lot of backdoor dynamics where, you know, as you said, if you start closing all the doors, there might just not be anything open for you. Yeah. And, uh, that definitely I've seen it happen a few times, um, especially with like maybe not so much like the top players in the league. Uh, but, you know, you look at some of the secondary guys, um, some of the role player type guys who might feel like they're stars and maybe have denied some interviews here and there. Um, and now they don't get retained by their team. And now they're looking around like, oh, crap, you know, mm-hmm. what do I do now? Where do I go from here? Who's going to draft me? Who wants me? Um if you denied 10 interviews, 12 interviews, to have to you, leave. Just, you just cut half the half of your chances on, on making it back, you know, um, star players, you know, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little iffy. They can get away with it a little bit more, you know, but if you're a guy that's kind of borderline or a role player, um, I'm telling you now, it's probably not in your best, <laughs> best interest to deny interviews. Like I said, there's, there's ways to go about it. There's ways to be clear and professional about how, what you want. For, for yourself but at the end of the day it's all it's all about connections it's all about who you know um so don't hurt your chances by doing anything like that right it's like everyone that's listening read between the lines <laughs> right? this is very important the way you interact with not only who you want to play with but who you don't want to play with because you know as we see in traditional sports a coach may be a coach of one team and next year he's coaching another one while yeah. this coaching carousel hasn't really translated to you know the 2k league at this point sooner than later there will be personnel changes there will be new people that maybe were former players coming into new roles yeah maybe definitely see that so when you start burning bridges and start treating you know it really kind of comes to a respect thing where it's like you don't respect the opportunity that i want to talk to you that you know you don't think that that is a valuable use of your time and you know, chances are you're probably wrong because every conversation will have some benefit. 
Because right. even if you go in a conversation, you don't want to go there. If you, you leave as a coach, like, wow, that was an amazing interview. This kid's great. Da, 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 da. Like, you're always going to have that feeling about him. So even yeah. if he doesn't come to you, you're never going to be like, oh, yeah, that kid spurned me. Like, you don't want to mess with him. Exactly. So That's 100%. And I've, I've experienced both sides. I've experienced guys to straight deny. I've experienced um, guys who took the interview but kind of let it be known that, you know, it's probably not my best interest to, to be with you guys. And they told me it's nothing against you or the team. I just strongly feels like it's not a good fit. And I respect that. Like from a player, from they a don't even know what the good coach. fit. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they don't, but it's more just how they, how they feel about it at the end of the day, you know, like they probably want to come to a situation where they feel comfortable off, off the jump, you know? And mm-hmm. how, who am I to say they're wrong for that? But, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, you know, some of these guys learn. And if they don't, then sorry. Right. It's next man up theory. There's so many people <laughs> yeah. that want this opportunity. And There's I remember so during season one. Are in the league. Yeah. I remember during season one when, you know, some of the players, even that I was talking with, they were like, oh, yeah, like nobody wants to go to this team or no one's trying to talk to this. And, you know, it was the Blazers. And lo and behold, season one, the Blazers were the best team. <laughs> it was not even a contest. Yeah. And I had a bunch of people that I was talking to. Oh, we don't know Cameron. We don't know what that's about. And lo and behold, three years later, they're one of the winningest teams in the league. They, you know, had MVPs both seasons, multiple all-team players, all defensive. And, you know, clearly people have to be a bit more open because – you can't really know what you don't know. You can't speculate yeah. on things. Well, and, yeah. you know, just because you're really good in the retail version doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to playing on the stage or playing in the 2K League build. That is fact, sir. That is definitely true. That is definitely so, true. So, you know, let's kind of shift to the happier stuff. So, what's your favorite part of the job? Oh, man. Um, there's a lot, you know, from being part of the an NBA organization, you know, getting to go to the games as a team, getting to, you know, be in some positions, talk to some people that you would have never had the sh- uh, the opportunity to um, if it wasn't for this job. Um, but for me personally, just it's competing. Like I live for competing. I, I, at some point of ev- in every day of my everyday life, I'm at some point competing <laughs> in something, hmm. whether I'm playing the game uh, during the afternoon or, I'm going to uh, my high school practice. I'm having shooting competitions with some of the players on the team. Uh, whatever it is, like that, I live for that stuff. Huh? And just the preparation for the game. Like I, I love all those things. You know, creating the game plans, watching film, um, trying to be the best. You know, the best team in the league. Trying to be the best coach in the league. Um, all of those things. Just the, the competing aspect um, is definitely the best part for me. Awesome. So what does the future hold? Where do you go from here? Um, as far as what? In, in terms of everything, you can, you're looking to continue being a coach. You're working on, you know, more some off court work. Yeah, no, I definitely. Okay. Well, I think for me, you know, I, I love what I'm doing right now. Um, the 2K league has been an amazing, amazing opportunity. It's an amazing league ran by amazing people. Um, that really just want to see it grow. And <clears throat> I want to be a part of it 100%. And uh, I'm hoping this can turn into, because there's still a little unknown. Like, I'm just being honest. There's there's still a little unknown with the 2K League. It's new. Um, you know, how much can it grow? How much will it grow? And I think it's kind of on us to help help that. It's on the players to build their brand to get more eyes on the league and themselves. It's on the GMs and the coaches to, to do the same um, all the way up to uh, BD. You know, he's doing his job to bring sponsors in, to bring new teams in. Um, I want to, I just, the future for me is I, I want to see this league grow and I want to make sure I'm a part of it for however long it, it's here and for, for however long I can coach, you know? So uh, that's it for me right now. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, the point you bring up is the league is just so, it's just a new thing. It's really in its infancy where it needs 
all hands on deck where they're really you have the players, the teams, the coaches and all the personnel trying to build themselves, which thus brings up the league because they're affiliated with it. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't have huge esports experience as far as like League of Legends and all these other things. And I don't know how they started um, or how you can compare it to or how old they are. I really don't know. And I should probably do some research on that. But being in its only fourth season um, and coming off, I feel like best case scenario in a COVID year, right? Like, yeah, I mean, getting on ESPN2 was a huge game changer. I, I had people telling me, hey, man, like, I saw you, I was at the bar and I saw you on ESPN doing a, a little interview. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine that, right? Like, right. The conversation's changing. Yeah, we're going into our fourth season now. I know COVID might have helped speed that up, speed that process up, but, you know, it's huge. Like, third year. Going into its fourth, we're on ESPN, ESPN2, uh, Twitch, YouTube, and now, you know, the team with BD and all those guys, they're getting views doing, I think, uh, what, international I what stuff. Yeah, um, Tencent like, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, with India yeah. and China. Yeah, and, and now a new one in India. Uh, all those things are huge, man, and it just brings more eyes to it. And, you know, hopefully it just keeps growing every year. That's I'm sure that's the goal for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. grow take one step a couple steps every year and you know you never know one of these years it might just blow up completely and now it's 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 a win for everybody coaches are making more money players are making more money the league is making more money um and it's just more exposure for everybody hopefully everybody can make a career off this and help their help feed their families that's the that's the end goal sure so i i really like to end every episode with my three questions so what's your favorite game to watch um that's tough right now okay i I won't lie right now i'm loving watching warzone if we're talking video games yes warzone nick marks is a (laughs) great watch that's one of like okay i feel a little nerdy watching it no no nick marks like he's you know he's top flight that's what i'm saying but like his personality and he kind of has like a sports background um he's a I usually watch him during the day. Like if I'm doing some work, I'll have him on like in the background. I'll watch some Twitch. Call of Duty has been the Warzone aspect has been pretty dope for me. Um, and then obviously you have the league, tor- the league tourneys in 2K have been great too. Like I love seeing these guys fight for, they're fighting for league positions, and that's literally the top of the top. I, it's better than watching a WR finals for me, um, where you can make almost like 14k in in a pot right i love i love watching the league tourneys right now um so that's really all my time on on twitch is watching the little call of duty and then these league tourneys every night so awesome so what's your favorite game to play i think i have a feeling i know what it is <laughs> definitely definitely 2k even though it pisses me off sometimes don't get me wrong. All of us. There's more comments like, oh, 2K. Up. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. just like the common, like, oh, 2K. Yeah, you blame the game. If you struggle, you blame the game, right? Like, I didn't uh, mean to shoot that. Exactly. I didn't, I pressed the button, but I didn't mean to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but outside of that, um, honestly, Warzone, man. I, I play with, I play with friends, um, okay. my IRL <laughs> friends. Uh, we play a lot of Warzone during the day after work and stuff. Uh, it's, that's, honestly competitive it's it's super competitive um so i guess i'll stick with that a little bit of i throw a little madden in there because it's the football season mm-hmm. I, I tend to when i was younger i tended to play whatever was in season uh so going back to like mlb the show and like the earlier mlb games when like manny ramirez was on the red Sox, like back in the day mm-hmm. like i was playing that during the baseball season and then during football season i played madden and you know, basketball season and play some 2K. So uh, a little bit of Madden right now, 2K and uh, and Call of Duty. That's my rotation. Okay, so, you know, who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, And I hate to, I'm probably, I hate <laughs> this answer. I'm going to give this answer, but it's Mario, man. I mean, Mario's a classic. There's, he's iconic. He's great. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. And there's two reasons. One, because I'm not gonna lie. Like, 
I pretty much only play sport games. <laughs> so I don't have a huge background on like a lot of like, you know, character type video games. And then two, actually, uh, what's that game called? Raymond or uh, is, does that sound right? Raymond or Ramon? Raymond? Uh, I don't know. Oh, never mind. But <laughs> we, I played a game back in the day and I think it was called Raymond. But anyways, Mario, uh, the second reason was I grew up playing Mario. Yeah, like Mario all, Kart, all day, Super Mario, like all day, every day. Um, even on the old like um, the Game Boys, like yep. <laughs> straight Mario all day, every day. That was the first kind of game that got me into the into the whole gaming thing. So I'm sure awesome. everybody gives that answer. But I mean, Mario is great. We definitely have the <laughs> Master Chief. That's definitely a common one from Halo. Oh, Halo, yeah, that's a good one too. Well, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, yeah, best way um, is just on Twitter at Delay2K um, or even IG. Uh, shoot me a follow on IG. I'll get back to you. It's DJ Layton23. Um, so, yeah, that's the best way to get, to, to get in touch with me. Awesome. So, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.